Hey there, my name is Srirag and you're listening to Project Passion. So let's start this week with some great news that's coming out of the UAE. Our restrictions are actually slowly being lowered now. Movie theaters and gyms are going to be partially opened, of course, with some social distancing laws in place. It seems like we're taking slow but steady steps towards going back to our own normal lives. This has got me thinking about what the future of this podcast looks like in a world without quarantine. Quarantine was, of course, a major part of the existence of this podcast. I wanted to explore how passionate people are keeping their passions alive during this quarantine, what creative ways they're actually finding to stay passionate about what they love. And I think over the coming few weeks, I will be experimenting with some changes in format. I'll share these with you as and when I... (laughs) come up with it, I guess, and um, I'd love your feedback on what you think is the right approach and whether a particular segment is working for you or not working for you. One of the things which I think I'm going to do is maybe slow down the releases of interviews, maybe focus on having other things in the podcast. So one of the ideas which I've been thinking about myself is to have segments that is dedicated to just exploring some of my own passions namely books movies board games you know things which uh, are related to storytelling and i'd love to share more content create more content about uh, storytelling which is something i think the world could use more of always but let's talk about the present I had so much fun talking to Ahmed this week. He is the founder of a little cafe in downtown Dubai, which has, by the way, one of the most unobstructed views of the Burj Khalifa that I've ever seen. The cafe is called The Six. And what is special about it is is that it is a board game cafe. So as soon as you enter... On your left, you'll find a wall that is just stacked from floor till ceiling with board games of every single variety that you can imagine. What he really does is strive for not just a cafe, but something of an experience with the six. And you can feel that with every single interaction that you get with the staff, uh, each and of each and every one of them is a expert in pretty much every board game that's there at the cafe. But also, there is a vibe, which is one of the things which we discussed in our conversation. He is full of advice about starting up your own business and you know following your passions. And I think this conversation is especially interesting to anyone who has considered starting their own business or is at the you know precipice of starting a business and are looking for some advice as always reach out to me on instagram with any comments suggestions or uh, of course guest recommendations most importantly send me a voice note for the feature at the end enjoy the conversation 
Okay, so let's start about you. Um, what is your background? What did you do before? Um, All right, six? so I actually was born and grew up here in Dubai, and then I moved to Canada. I grew up. Are you from here uh, originally? No, I am Iraqi, originally. Okay. So I moved to Canada. I uh, grew up there for about ten years. I did university um, and worked there, and then came back about two years ago. Um, I studied engineering, so I'm an engineering graduate from structural engineering. It has nothing to do with business, nothing to do with finance, no uh, entrepreneurship classes, uh, straight engineering. Do you think uh, the engineering background helped? Absolutely. Um, I always tell people that engineering is not only technical, but it is a, a problem-solving degree. Uh, you know, they teach you four years, five years of pure problem-solving and uh, taking decisions that's pretty much what engineering is if there's a problem you tackle it and find a solution um, and the nice thing about the university that i went to which is waterloo university um it's they have this special program where it's a, a co-op kind of integrated program where you not only study but you work at the same time so just like we have everywhere around the world you have a semester of school and a semester uh, two semesters of school a year which is basically your fall and your winter uh, that university has three full semesters, which is fall, winter, and spring. They're all equally divided. There's no summer school. And you work one semester, and then you study the next semester. And it alternates. So one year you can be working in winter, and the next year you can be studying in winter. Um, and you have to work. So by the time I graduated, I had two years of working experience. That's uh, actually an interesting format uh, you are sort of guaranteed to come out with uh, work experience in that way. Yeah, exactly. And they yeah. and and the nice thing about this program, uh, and I highly recommend everyone to, if they don't have such program, to at least take summer and make it an internship uh, semester for themselves. It really shapes you up once you graduate. When you graduate and you get a the first interview or the first job, you just go, you know really excited and you go for it even though it could it, it's not something that you like or you enjoy but you will go for it because it's your first job and uh the difference is at waterloo you got your first job and you went through that when you were 18 and 19 years old it's there's a lot of soft skills and a lot of uh, skills that you learn from your first and second and third job that you can utilize later on in your life and that's very very important so at the university that i went to by the time you graduated you had six different internships that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So what gave you the idea for a board game uh, cafe? That's, uh, that's the best question. Everyone asks that question. <laughs> Why a board game cafe? The <laughs> um, thing is, when I came back to Dubai, I did not want to do engineering. I wanted to do something completely different. Um, my, I wanted to do something that I can start all by myself. Um, something that's not too, too expensive. And I really did not want to start an app because everyone is starting an app. I think even my grandma was about to start an app <laughs> by that time. <laughs> but it was just the fact that, you know, let me do something different. And um, everyone was opening a cafe, cafe, cafe. Everyone is opening a burger, burger, burger shop. I know if you lived in Dubai, you kind of see that trend in the past four to five years. Uh, speciality coffee and you got the slider burgers. Um, I was talking to a friend back then. Yeah, He's like, I, if I open... Definitely yes. noticed uh, the huge number of yeah. speciality coffee shops that have opened up in the last uh, exactly. And, I, and a friend <laughs> of years. mine said, if I just open a cafe and call it Normal Coffee Cafe, I might actually stand out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the ch so. Anyways, when I was in Canada by my university, there was a small little cafe that had a board game, 
cafe concept in it. So, but obviously they had much, much less board games. They had about like maybe 60 to 120 board games. Uh, so there was a really nice Saturday evening. My roommates told me, hey, Ahmed, come over. Uh, we're going to go to a board game cafe. In my head, I'm like, I'm not going to spend my Saturday evening uh, sitting and playing Monopoly in a cafe. They're like, no, no, it's different. Just come. So I went and it's it's a whole world that I was never exposed to. Uh, you know, there's so many games that we don't know about and we're still stuck in chess, backgammon, monopoly. And, you know, if if you know a bit more, you may be sequence and Uno. Uh, but you sit there and the concept was that you sit and the guru, which is the staff member there, would recommend the game and bring it out and set it up and explain everything. So within five minutes, you and your group of friends, depending if you're a couple or a family or a group of four friends or eight friends, they, you'll get a game according to your taste and flavor he will explain it and off you go so it wasn't so much as just a board game cafe it was a a board game cafe experience it is it is it is and i'm glad you said that because what i sell at my cafe i always tell everyone it's not the board games it's not the food it's not the drinks it's ultimately the experience people come to the six board game cafe to experience something new so are you saying that you didn't have an interest in board games when you were growing up? I did. I did. I um, I love riddles. I love puzzles. I love games. Uh, no, absolutely. I loved it. But going to a cafe mm. uh, on a Saturday mm. was a bit strange or new to me. What's the one thing that people don't tell you about uh, um, starting a food business? You've noticed at least. Uh, I, that should tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> um it's um everyone wants to quit their job everyone has a nine to five job and they want to quit it because they want to live that entrepreneurial dream um it's not as butterfly and glorious as it is it is truly a headache um because i'll give you an example if you're working at a nine to five job and you screw up or something happens uh, or let's say you know a, a deal goes wrong the worst case is you know you lose your job you find another job but when you run the business there is no i leave there is no i quit there is no okay i leave and find somewhere else no you have to run the business you have to you you're the you're the you know how we have in dubai the frontliners you're the endliners there, you know when the when things go really really bad you're the person that have to pick it up and get it working and that is something that people don't talk about as much because all they talk is about or what they hear about on Instagram and social media or LinkedIn or whatever, YouTube, they hear about this guy who started a company and sold it or this guy who's living the entrepreneurial dream and wakes up whenever he wants. True, you do get to wake up to whatever you want, but it's the the work really dictates your life because you're you have to be constantly ready to solve everything. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's quite interesting, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to start this, uh, you know, podcast as well. Um, I don't know if you've read um, the subtle art of not giving up, you know, dash by Mark Manson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has this thing in the book which he talks about where he says that um, when you, um, you you have to differentiate between uh, chasing a passion and uh, chasing the uh, end product i mean i'm paraphrasing here obviously but uh, okay so i think one of the things that he says always is that um uh, we have a tendency to look at the end product and and you know fall in love with the end product and say that okay i'm going to become this 
rich and successful person or you know i'm going to have this uh, extremely successful cafe but what he says is that if you actually truly want to be successful you have to fall in love with the process and not just the end product absolutely i cannot agree more to that uh which which you know brings us to the next point i wanted to to say about this about starting a business or things that people don't tell you um unfortunately like i said when people are just making apps and so on they don't look at how much they love the 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 industry or how much they love the work or how much they want to do it or what's their passion all they look at is being rich or looking at the money outcome of it and that is um, the wrong way of looking at things right um what's 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 correct is to see hey i'm passionate about you know cooking i love for example uh programming or robotics if you like that get into it put your heart into it you know whatever you can and you will make money later down the line if your idea is, is good but for me me not liking robotics me not liking programming and getting into it because i got a good idea and i see the end product and seeing the money side of things and the and the success of it you will not be as successful or you might you might actually fail because in order to get there there's so many steps so many gazillion problems that you're going to face and if you don't have the passion and the love or the you know determination you're going to quit after problem number 3 if you passed one and two what advice do you have to people who are um, have a passion and like they're trying to stick to it but uh, they like you said hit problem number one and two um if you have the passion you'll find ways to solve it because you have a passion uh but uh, if you don't have the passion you will quit after that right uh you have to really put your heart and effort into creating something that uh, essentially you have to put a goal to it a product and follow it but in order to go through the steps and solve problem number 1 2 and 3 you have to have that passion to it you can't get a girl that loves to draw and paint and tell her hey i have a great idea let's start an app and she knows nothing about programming and but she likes the idea of being successful and making money so she goes with it you know chances of this girl quitting after a month is higher than a guy that is in love with this industry that even if it's for free he'll still do it because he likes it so when you talk about uh, people who um, you you know called to join you uh, i've seen how uh, engaging the people are at uh, the six uh-huh um how did you go about uh, finding the people or like uh, did you give them any special training or in terms of uh, the staff you mean yeah the staff uh, i've noticed that uh, pretty much every single one of them is an expert on pretty much every board game that is there in the cafe yes 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 um It, it, it's 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 a, amazing. Is that a conscious it's, decision? I guess is it my, is. It my is. Question. It's it's honestly. Um, I have to say that the biggest asset that I have in my cafe are my staff. They are the heart and soul of the place. Um, they not only know all the board games, but they're when I say I hired the cherry on top of the cake, uh, they are the cherry on top of the cherry of the cake. <laughs> they, uh, to me, to me, they're they're really. um fit into the concept of what the board game cafe is the board game cafe is a place where people come in socialize you know get to talk to others uh you know meet up friends and get to experience something new and the staff not only that they know most of the board games but they are a very fun 
person or people to talk to. They're very chill. And that's the whole vibe that wanted to create at the six. Do you have any advice for, uh, you know, entrepreneurs who are starting out who might be starting out their own staffing process? So meet as many people as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And um, there's one mistake that a lot of people do is uh, they're afraid to give people a trial. So uh, do give people a two week or a month trial to see if they fit the team. Um, I, I, I didn't do that at the beginning, but then at the, towards the end, I started doing that and it worked really well. You have to give people more time, um, in, into fitting in the team. And the second thing is you got to believe in people. You cannot, you know, uh, in the interview, people don't show their true colors or what they are because they're not in their comfort zone. But once you, you gotta have, you gotta believe in them and you gotta really put them into their comfort zone, into where they belong and see them shine. You can't judge someone in a, in a room with, while you're throwing at them 100 question miles an hour. That's uh, very true. I've uh, conducted a whole bunch of interviews myself and it's, um, it's difficult to get people into that um, comfort zone um, where they're uh, no longer nervous and they're just being their own um, you know, regular personality. Exactly, exactly. So Some can... people excel at it, but uh, a lot of people... Yeah, so for example, like let's say a shy chef. He's really good in the kitchen. He's really well. He makes the best sushis, but in an interview, you're like, who's this guy? Why should I hire him? You know, so you have to kind of keep in mind, yes, you have to ask them experience, get them ask, you know, get them questions. But do keep in mind in that formula as you're processing a number of you like them or not, there has to be some kind of variable of um, this guy is not in his comfort zone. I have to give him a chance to shine in the kitchen. Okay, so I'm sure um, quarantine has uh, brought a lot of challenges to a place like the six. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about some of the changes that you had to bring as well as um, you know the challenges that you faced because of it? So the biggest challenge at the six cafe is, um, like I said, my biggest selling point or what I'm trying to get across is an experience here at the six cafe so uh board games is obviously essential the food is essential the coffee is essential but ultimately is that experience of people coming together socializing talking and having fun uh face to face away from their screens and phones is what the whole six is about being away from your phone, disconnecting to reconnect to the people in front of you. So that with the whole quarantine and social distancing and being at home, it really brought the six to a a temporary stop. So we've actually had our doors closed for the past two months uh, in order to, of course, uh, bring the curb down and uh, hopefully eradicate this disease from this country. Um, So, yeah, so it's, it's it's been a challenging time. However, um, I'm a very optimistic person. I really believe that this concept is for the community. Uh, It was built for the community and it is for the community, for people around to come in and socialize with their friends. So hopefully once this kind of goes away and things go back to normal, people will have to catch up with with their friends that they haven't seen in a while. And I hope that the Six Cafe will be one of them. You've uh, opened your doors now though, right? Um, They're not fully open. No, no, no. They're not open for board gaming. Oh, okay. I thought uh, they were open. No, no, no. They're not uh, fully open for board gaming. You can grab uh, a coffee to go, but they're not fully open for uh, board gaming. It's very challenging to keep that uh, social distancing, that uh, whole interaction between staff and guests. Uh, So we we thought to keep 
the safer uh, option and just uh, pausing it for the time being until the whole virus is in a more controlled way. That's interesting. So it's a, it's a measure of quality from your end. Absolutely. Sort of. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. So let me ask a, a slightly fun question maybe. So, yeah. So you're, you're a bit of an expert on uh, board gaming, I think, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> once, <laughs> once you pay for them, you got to be an expert. <laughs> okay yeah actually uh, before i get to the this question uh, maybe you can tell me how you uh, actually source the games that you have at the cafe. from everywhere around the world um so you've got we had a lot we had a long session of reading the top board games selecting which ones would fit in the you know the the uae kind of uh, environment what games are maybe too advanced what are the games that could be a fun beginner level and we've sourced them from everywhere and is it uh, difficult to um, find these uh, sources? Or, no, uh... no, no, no. With the power of internet right now, everything <laughs> is, is a click. It's like they're, they're down the street. So my question is, um, what game would you recommend people start as uh, beginners? So if they've never played a board game before, what is the Sequence. best uh, Sequence. gateway drug? Sequence. <laughs> Sequence, yeah. yeah. Why Se- is that? Sequence is, well, um, we all know about Monopoly, of course. A sequence mm-hmm. is the easiest, funnest game that you can play because it really triggers one thing other than other. It triggers that competitive spirit. And in board games, that it's a very, very... It really triggers it, especially in that game. Um, the level of difficulty of that game is considered one out of five. It's not really difficult. But the competitive level is like six out of five. Uh, do you have a difficulty meter at the cafe? We do not have a difficulty meter at the cafe, but between us, when we talk in the staff, we do have a meter of games. It's like so, a secret code. Yeah, it is. It is a language that we know. And the best part of this, if you ask any of the team members where the game is, they can without looking at the wall, they will know where it is. Oh. Yeah. And, and at the beginning, we were going to do a map and, and, and you know replicate the wall that we have, which is a huge one. I don't know if you've been or if you've seen it's yes, a huge, yes. huge wall of board games. So we had initially a plan to make a map of it, but we just realized everyone ended up memorizing where they are. And it's quite nice because uh, if you ask someone where it is, it's like everyone will look at that one spot exactly. And if we don't find <laughs> it, then it's definitely on a table being played with. It's, a, it's like a secret system. It is. It's, create, a, it's a language. Like people's <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll let's, let's talk about the in, other I'll end of that. Into uh, one, one secret. One of the cupboards sure. is called the recycling cupboard, where let's say we're busy and we don't have time to put back the games, we'll just stack it up in that one box and we'll put it back later in in its correct position. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So let's let's go over the other end of that spectrum. So, what game would you recommend people avoid at all costs if they're just getting into it? Avoid at all costs. Yes. Oof, Monopoly. Really? Avoid at all costs. Yeah. Because you come into the board game cafe to play something new. If you come into a board game cafe to play something you know, and we've all played Monopoly before, then it's, it's not really bringing you a new experience. I highly, highly recommend not to play Monopoly and try something completely new and different to really explore. Because we've got so many games that it would be a shame not to try them all. Do you have, do you have this game called uh, Dune? Dune? No, we don't. Mm-hmm. Dune is the most complicated uh, board game I have ever come across in my lifetime. Okay. Um, it has uh, all of these weird rules. So it's 
sort of like a resource management game sort of like Catan but um uh the the weird thing is that uh, so the bank and like all of the uh, mechanics of the game are actually players in the game okay so when you when you buy something you you actually end up enriching one of the players in the game okay wow that's yeah, cool it's, it's an extremely complicated uh, game and I'll check it out I'll check it out exactly like the book that it's based off <laughs> okay thanks for the recommendation I'll check it out Okay so I think my last question is what is your message to the people who are living under quarantine Um the message is uh is to follow their passion whatever it is in life uh, not to look only at the monetary value of things and monetary gain of things and follow the passion if you want to work today and do a a hobby for example or if you want to do a side project I don't just do it because you think you're going to make money and monetize off of it but rather do it for fun and in so many cases in so many cases you know personal cases family friends even if you look at the you know like you know the owner of Facebook it started as a hobby from from a garage and it grew to a, to a business but he stuck in it because it's something that he likes and it's a passion before you go what is your uh, favorite board game Catan <laughs> hands no down way. Catan Really? Yes, it's been it's been 7 months undefeated. You have not been defeated in 7 months. No. Okay, and, and we have to we staff, have to change that. Some of my staff stop playing with me cuz they get pissed when they play. <laughs> <laughs> Please so, do so come and we'll definitely play Catan. When I uh, started playing Catan, uh, I was also on a um, I don't know, it was like a 6 month streak where uh, I was unbeaten okay. as well. Oh boy. But uh We're going to stay close for you then. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried uh, playing it online? Uh, no, no. No. It's uh, I don't play board games online. It's uh, I mean, what do you do in these kind of situations but uh it's not as it's not as good as the uh tabletop version of course, of course but um it's still fun when you crush someone. <laughs> it is. The the best part of Catan is bargaining. When you ask when the guy really wants a sheep and you're like, "Hmm, I'll give you one sheep for like three items." And you're like, <laughs> oh, he goes crazy and ends up giving it to you. Is that you know? Is that talk and connectivity? That's what makes every war game uh, just so much nicer. My favorite interaction in Catan was when uh, I actually ended up doing a a four way trade. So I was playing on on one of those six uh, player boards. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, I took uh, something from one person, then I traded with another person, then I traded with a third person, and then a fourth person. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, That's it was a. and i think i won that turn as well so yeah it was it just came together perfectly that's good my <laughs> one of my best games in catan is when i had all the sheep so i was the the sheep you were the shepherd <laughs> the shepherd of the of, of the group <laughs> yeah we have a saying whenever we play that uh, the shepherd always wins the shepherd always wins don't tell anyone thank you <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> no thank, thank you, you so for much having me. thank you so much for your time thank you for having me it's been a great talk have a yeah. lovely evening you too you too Take care. Bye-bye. So before we actually go to the analysis section, I have to apologize if any of you found mistakes in the podcast. While we were recording, the government was actually sending out warning messages about the change in quarantine timings. It sort of resulted in some interruptions and uh, basically it wasn't as good as i wanted it to be i tried my best to edit out the kinks and i'm actually quite grateful because it gave me a chance to learn uh, software audacity 
but i don't think it was perfect and uh, i apologize for that anyway the conversation itself i found to be a lot of fun ahmed is just an absolute blast to talk to and i could talk to him for hours and i think the biggest takeaway though that i have from the conversation most important thing that i got from it was the idea of chasing passions with a purpose you have to be able to get across problem number 1 and problem number 2 as he was saying and then problem number 3 is going to be pretty much a breeze if you are not able to get past problem number 1 and problem number 2 maybe that's an indication that your passion is not in the process but it's actually in the output and that is no way to you know invest in a passion another thing i found quite interesting about the conversation was the idea of hiring the right people now this is something which i've noticed a lot in my own company we focus a lot on making sure that we find not just somebody who is good for the job but also somebody who is a culture fit and many companies i think have a tendency to ignore this aspect when hiring you have to make sure that the person that you are getting on board not just fulfills the main task that you want him to you know fulfill but he or she also contributes to the environment that you are trying to create and this is especially important in a customer facing role but i mean if i'm going to be completely honest it's it's extremely important even in a non customer facing role because whatever kind of role it is you want to work with the right colleagues and that is a big part of creating that experience for your employees so that they stick around Of course there's a whole bunch of advice which I'm not going to go over because I'm is much better spoken than I am. Before I go, do not forget that there is a quarantine story at the end of this episode. Subscribe and leave a comment on any platform that you're listening to this podcast. It really does help us get more uh, listeners. I leave a link to the six in the description, as well as uh, an Instagram link for uh, the show itself. Please do visit the six's Instagram page and give them a follow and a like, and spread the message about them. It's so important for us to actually support our local businesses right now. The big businesses might be able to survive the quarantine, but small businesses are going to find it difficult and it's the least we can do is actually just uh, go and promote their messages as much as we can as always uh, i'm open to suggestions comments feedback please do reach out to me here is your quarantine story of the week My name is Zhang and this is week 11 of me being in quarantine. It's been a bit of an emotional roller coaster to say the least. To start with having to confine myself to the space in my London bedroom, 
working 10 hour days non-stop to being made redundant just like that and as a result deciding to move back home for the time being. All I've been thinking is when I'm finally getting a break. Getting accustomed to lockdown or, well, the new normal has been tough. First and foremost, it's a space issue. Unfortunately, I don't have the joy of living in a massive townhouse, a mansion or a beautiful penthouse suite. So not being able to go outdoors or even having outdoor space and and having a lot of living space, that definitely put a strain on me physically. On top of that, having been made redundant and it really feeling like a slap in the face, it was bad for me mentally. I work in digital marketing and I have been for quite a few years. I feel like most people in the industry will have felt the same switch from brick and mortar to digital, trying to bridge the gap um, of revenue that physical stores would have brought in. Because we were all so busy and doing over hours, never in a million years did I see a redundancy coming. There's a lot I've got to say about it, which I think is a story for next time. But there's no better way to describe it than a slap in the face. My emotions were all over the place. Shock, panic, terror, sadness, anger, you name it, I probably felt it all at the same time. I think I was even embarrassed for a second. I've since made peace with it. And you know, I'm a lot happier being unemployed currently compared to what I was when I was working my ass off for very little reward, which is something I never would have um, expected myself to say I come from an Asian family Asian upbringing traditional Chinese family and achievement and having a job having good paycheck coming in every month and having savings uh, and promotions that's a big deal for us um, culturally I would say but strangely this unemployment it's like this massive weight was lifted off my shoulders I don't I mean, don't get me wrong, I love what I do and I I know I do it well, but I think I just needed a break physically and mentally. Of course, being made redundant puts me in a financially very difficult position um, since London's very expensive to live in. I have my rent to think of. So I decided to move back to my parents um, to save some money. This way, I only really have to pay my rent and fix bills. So save a lot on food costs, which in all honesty, was getting more expensive because of all the wine I've been consuming during quarantine. Um, I also figured that I don't have to cater for meals and should have a lot more time to pick up writing, do an online course, lots of job hunting, painting, etc. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I tried to make use of this free time I normally wouldn't have and use it as efficiently as possible. What I momentarily forgot during the creation of this impossible watch list of tasks and achievements is that life is unpredictable and forcing yourself to do something for the sake of doing something isn't the way to happiness or the road to a balanced mental health at all. It's okay to not be doing something. It's okay to not be making the most out of quarantine. That's something I've made peace with and I think is something everyone needs to hear from time to time. Just because that's not how we're groomed in society, we're trained to do as much as we can in a working day. And if you haven't finished it, you're probably not working hard enough. I've got days where I've been super efficient and applied to lots of jobs, spoken to recruiters, helped my parents with admin tasks, and even like managed to catch up with a few of my friends. But there's also been days where I've literally sat on the sofa all day, phone on do not disturb mode, and been reading one and a half to two books in one sitting. The one thing I'm asking for is that 
you think about what you enjoy doing and something that you're passionate about. Is that reading books, learning a new language, watching a rom-com, playing video games, having lots of midday naps or going for a 5k run? It's all about the balance in life and what makes you happy and not more stressed. Remember this, that it's okay to not be doing something all the time, even if you have all the time in the world.